All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Term Buckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. Another week gone. Another week of professional wrestling has happened. We are here bringing you another podcast to the extreme, filling your ear holes with our goodness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Joe, what have we got today? Of course, as usual, we are powered by the grillposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. But before we get to the bulk of the, the topics that we want to get to, including our interview later on in the show here, we want to talk some fairly localized wrestling, of course, dealing with CWE, Carl. Yes, we want to give a huge congratulations to Danny and the Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Last week, they hit... 10 years, 10 years they have been in business, going strong, continuing to do the tours that they do twice a year, almost across Canada. They are going all the way from the East Coast through to halfway through Ontario. Man, they are doing so much when it comes to Canadian wrestling and bringing in some pretty amazing names. Who have they got as their headliner this year, Joe? A very interesting one for you WCW fans back in the day. Psychosis is the headliner for the upcoming CWA Tour. Very, very cool. That's right, guys. Psychosis will be the headliner. He is supposed to be at all of the dates going fully across Canada. Thankfully, us here in Sault Ste. Marie will be getting Cheeseburger as well. (laughs) He will be coming through for selected dates near the end of the tour. But something a little bit closer to home. Take that away, Joe. What have we got closer to home here? Yeah, of course, former Turnbuckle Talk guest Vinny Da Vinci will be along for the majority of that CW tour coming up, which is very, very cool, seeing one of our close personal friends getting a chance to uh, travel across Canada. So congratulations to Vinny. And speaking of, of course, more congratulations specifically with our friend Danny Duggan, who recently became a father as well, and congratulations to you, Danny, with that as well. Some good, good stuff there with some friends of ours. Oh, yes. Amazing. Yep. All right. So let's get into our bulk of our conversation today here, Carl. And this is the first topic that we're going to get to here. Something that's happened very, very recently here dealing with impact and some departing talent. Yes. um, Some would say a little bit of sad news. Some would say a little bit of good news. Uh, depending on who you're talking to and how they are perceiving things. Yep. We did did find out that Abyss, as well as Sanjay Dutt, mm-hmm. have both been granted a release from Impact Wrestling. And the talk is, rumor has it, that they will both be going to the World Wrestling Entertainment Now, Sanjay Dutt will probably be there in a backstage type of role, but when it comes to Abyss, things are very unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And two guys, I mean, especially, I mean, not to downplay Sanjay Dutt at all, because he's been with the company a long time as well, but Abyss, very much the backbone 
the always there, the franchise of Impact Wrestling. You know, a, a guy very much the the Undertaker type of character for you know not not necessarily like the Undertaker type character, but I mean that guy that that's just synonymous with Impact Wrestling. When you think Impact Wrestling, the majority of us think Abyss. And what's very interesting is that uh, what I think what will likely happen with these two, I would definitely agree that Sanjay is going to be a backstage, you know, producer type of role. I mean, the, the man is extremely talented and he will do well in that respect. And I, I think that, you know, and given his size and, you know, the, you know, he's worked a lot of the X division, that kind of stuff. I, I could very well see him doing a two five live type of thing there. And I think he could do very well there or NXT abyss is where it starts to get very interesting. So next up, we want to talk about some NXT things going on here, and specifically with one of the more popular talents over in NXT. We're talking about Velveteen Dream and possibly maybe some issues going on with, uh, with he, him feeling basically that WWE doesn't recognize his worth in the company. Do you think there's anything to this, Carl, or is this uh, the dream working us all here? The Dream has been the type of guy who has always put himself out there, no matter what type of role it might be. The guy is is working us, 100%. That's what he's doing. He's using show, social media to his advantage. He's going through, and something big is happening. Mm-hmm. Something big definitely will be happening um, with Velveteen Dream. Now, what that is, who knows, but... Something's going to be happening with him. I know that on uh, you know previous episode of NXT, he came out there and said that he wants gold, and specifically he wants the North American Championship. Yeah. So we'll have to see. You know, from this weekend, what what, what happens from there now? Right? Is he going to continue on with how he is, or does he go on for? the North American championship. And one thing I think is a possibility too, and of course I have to make mention of a Rick and Jargo of hitting the marks. Also found at the Raw Network over the grillpossession.com for this is that uh, they got into this topic as well. And I believe it was Jargo that um, explored the possibility of dream versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Do you think that this could be something good to actually get dream over? Or could this be, Yet again, John Cena bearing an up-and-coming talent. In this case, given what John Cena has been doing and where he's going with the company and how he's you know kind of going off, doing more movies, taking a step back, stuff like that, I don't think that this is going to be a John Cena show. I think this is going to be a John Cena pass of the torch. Um, I know that we kind of saw that a little bit with John Cena and Finn Balor when, you know, Finn Balor coup de gras beat Cena to have have the opportunity that he had at the Universal Championship, right? That was kind of sort of a little passing of the torch, but on a really small scale. Yeah, If we were to have John Cena versus Velveteen Dream at WrestleMania, that's a huge scale, and definitely that would be more of a passing of the torch than a Cena getting over. Yeah, because you made a really good point there because, you know, Cena's role in the company now has very, very much changed. You know, he's definitely not, you know, quite this franchise player, so to speak, anymore. So I, I think the time is right that where I think even if he put Dream over in a, in a loss, 
and Cena still getting the win, I think that, that it still could work to to get Dream even more than he already is at this point. Because, uh, you know, I, and I wouldn't really necessarily perceive it as Cena burying him because Cena's not really in the picture, so to speak, when it comes to titles and, and storylines and that so much. So Definitely, you're right. Because the time has definitely changed for him because he just he's has so much, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say he's in rock uh, territory when it comes to Hollywood and all that. But, you know, he's def- definitely um, boring and that uh, kind of stuff. But, but yeah, I think that the time is right to kind of pass that torch. And I think Dream might be a, a good choice when it comes to that. I think so as well. I agree. Yeah. So... Dealing with some more talents here. Now, th- this is something that um, this isn't so much kind of cons- confirmed stuff because, as we know, when you, you find this kind of information, you know, I spend the majority of my week, you know, when we're not doing the podcast here, uh, searching for topics for us to talk about here. And I keep hearing coming up that, you know, specifically with the revival and some of these other talents, you know, wanting their release, that apparently WWE is kind of saying, nope, you're stuck. And I can believe that. Mm hmm. Right now, with the hotbed of professional wrestling that there is going through All Elite, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, Canadian Wrestling's Elite, all of these different companies that are going through putting out amazing independent wrestling shows, I think the WWE is is doing that. They're saying, no, we're, we're not letting you go. You have a contract. You sign that contract. You're, we're keeping you until that contract is over to stop them from being able to go to somewhere else. Now, with this kind of move, because I've been curious all week, because I, I thought of this particular question all week, and I was, I'm really curious what your perspective of this is. Is this WWE showing signs that they're concerned about AEW and your know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, making a dent in in, in them. Are, are, is this a sign that, that they're they're legitimately concerned now? No, no, no. Honestly, okay. how I'm seeing and perceiving this is that the WWE is saying we are the big guys. We are the top company that there is in the world. You signed a contract with us. We're going to hold you to that, and we're going to make sure that it's held to so that you're not going to this other company where you have now told your buddies, hey, I'm going to try to get out of my contract with WWE and come over here. WWE is going, you could say whatever you want. We hold all the cards. The deck is stacked in our favor. You're just a worker. And you are under contract. I think that's exactly what it is. They're just pushing their weight, saying, listen, we have everything. The ball is in our court when it comes to this. You can go and tell whoever you want that, yeah, I'm going to come here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. At the end of the day, you don't have that say because we own you. Yeah, what makes this discussion interesting, too, is when you go back and we look at you know, the supposed, you know, again, this is supposed contract offer that specifically the Young Bucks had, supposedly from the WWE, and it's, again, I'm using the word supposed, clause in there that after six months, they had the opportunity to opt out to just say no if they didn't feel that they were being used or the, the creative process wasn't to, to their liking. And then now we hear about, you know, the WWE not granting these releases of these wrestlers wanting out. So... That makes that interesting and makes me wonder 
when it comes to that young buck uh, contract that was supposed to work was there, is there any legitimacy to that whatsoever I don't think that there is. That's, that, that was going to be my next thing is that I, I don't 100%. I don't think that there's any type of legitimacy to the talk of there being um, a contract out there that says if you're not happy after six months, well, we'll just let you go. Not at all. WWE is too smart for that. Their lawyers are, are, are too smart for that. They wouldn't put a clause like that into a contract. Yeah, I think that I don't think that even Hulk Hogan or even some of those names uh, ha- had that opportunity or that even as a, as a possibility. So yeah, it, it, when I remember seeing that, you know, and, and it came from, you know, a, a fairly large, you know, somewhat reputable source, uh, you know, with uh, with Dave Meltzer, you know, and, and with that guy, like he tends to be, you know, pretty on the nose. But then again, it, it, it's again, you know, with the um, never believe everything you see on the internet, folks. Let's put it that way. Not trying yeah. to start any beef, but with Dave Meltzer, it's either dead on yeah. or dead wrong, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so for our last topic, before we do get to our interview with Ignite Wrestling promoter Kim Arlip, let's talk about sex appeal in women's wrestling today, Carl. Is there room for this, or are we in the age of women's wrestling where this is no longer acceptable? This is a topic of it depends on who you ask uh giving a shout out again to the guys over at uh the roar network yep. uh, it was put out there there was a uh, media call that mm-hmm. was done with gail cam of impact wrestling and impact wrestling has lately uh scarlet bardo mm-hmm. uh, going through and doing some pretty risque, sexy things when it comes to her work with the company. Yeah. Now, to give everybody an idea at Gail Kim's answer to that, she says, I like it. I'm game for it. There is always room for a little bit of sex in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree not just because I'm a guy and I don't want anybody jumping all over that <laughs> for that reason, but I mean, in all legitimacy, there is a little bit of room for that to happen. Even the WWE understands that as of late, where they have been doing this stuff with uh, uh, who is it, Mandy Rose there and Alexa uh, Bliss, Uso, yep, right, like, and then the 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 thing that happened with Alexa Bliss, yep. right? Like, I mean, there's always going to be room for a little bit. Now, taking it to extremes is a totally different thing. Do we need to see bra and panty matches again? No. So, see, you know, Joey's kind of doing like the, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, some people would say, yeah, they would love to see bra and panty matches back, but is it needed in today's day and age? No, I don't think that it is. The The women within the, the world of professional wrestling have really proven that they can be sexy and amazing workers both at the same time now. So, I mean, that's my take on it, at least. I think that there's room for a little bit of sexiness mixed in with amazing professional wrestling, though. Yeah. 
Well, for me, it boils down to, I mean, as as a 38-year-old heterosexual male wrestling fan, which is the large number of wrestling fans out there, do I like the idea of, you know, a, an extremely attractive woman wrestler going out and wrestling in a Braun Penny match? Absolutely. I'd be lying if I said that I, that I wouldn't find that entertaining, right? So, you know, at the, and at the same time, too, you know, I appreciate, you know, a match like, say, like a Tessa Blanchard versus a, uh, a Gail Kim or something like that, where there's some good technical wrestling going on, or an Ashley Rain or, you know, uh, Curry Sane or Alpha Female or whatever. Yeah. And, but it's, it's all about the balance for me. And I, I feel that. You know, it's gone over to just the the full on wrestling too much, and I think that you know the WWE realized, hey, and you know we got to throw a little bit, we got to give them a little bit more of the sex in there too, right? And, and personally, I people are kind of losing their mind a little bit. So, oh my god, uh, Alexa Bliss was showing barely nothing. She, the way that she was covering up, we we're actually seeing less than we actually see of her in the ring sometimes. To be perfectly honest with you, so you know. There's room for both of it in there, and I think that uh, having that, that balancer is good. I think you know they've actually done not as much of that as I think that they kind of should have been. You know, they've been focusing on this woman's evolution and everything like that, and you know the, the sex appeal. It seems uh, it actually kind of went away for a little while. So I, I'm all for some of it coming back. At the same time, though, we don't need to have you know the um, the bill the the bed uh, pillow fight matches or the uh, chocolate cake matches or the, the the mud wrestling matches and you know I can go on and on and on with those kind of matches you know we don't need to travel down that path again but there's nothing wrong with throwing some sex appeal in there as long yeah I, I, I agree as long as it's done classy is how I would say it you can definitely class up a Tessa Blanchard versus Gail yep. Kim. You yep. definitely could. And you could make it sexy and classy and an amazing professional wrestling match. It's all in how it's delivered and all in how it's done, as opposed to, like you mentioned, you know, mud matches and, you know, bra and panty matches and, you know, strip tees, yep. you know, like, like the different stuff like that, right? Like, I don't want it to go back to the days of Sable having hand prints painted onto her breasts. Hmm. I don't want it to go back to that because I think we have come a long way from that. But, I mean, you're kind of thinking there, Joe. What's uh, <laughs> what's your take on that? Uh, uh, that one in particular, I, uh, again, I would be lying if that didn't bring back some very fond memories. <laughs> because... I do have a yeah. poster or a picture. Uh-huh. I have a, a picture out in my garage of Sable, and there's a few different shots of Sable, and yeah. one of them is that shot. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Again, it's all about the balance. We can have the really, really good women's wrestling, and they can make it sexy at the same time, and it can work done properly. And again, you know, it depends on the promotion too. With WWE, they obviously got to class it up a little bit. You know, some of these smaller independent promotions. You know, and you start getting into Joy Ryan territory, you know, you can raunch it up a little bit. It all depends on where you are and what the audience is as well. That's also very important. All right, we'll take a brief break here and hear from some of our friends around the Roar Network, and we will come right back with an interview with owner and promoter of Ignite Wrestling, Kim Artlip. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. 
Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pinned.biz at gmail.com. That's pinned.biz at gmail.com or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about pinned. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. And now, Big Joe and Jargo of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast join forces to talk about Roman Reigns. I've been, I've been trying for, Carl and I have been trying so long episode, and it comes up like every second of their episode. It's like trying to figure out this whole deal with Roman. And, and really, I don't think that Roman himself is the problem. I think it, it's WWE forcing him down everybody's throat when, you know, they want to cheer for somebody else. I think what it is, Roman Reigns doesn't buy in. Yeah. Roman Reigns, he strikes me as a guy who he's out there providing for his family. Yep. I like I, I think Joe's probably a really nice guy. Yep. And he he never wanted to be a pro wrestler. He wanted to be a professional football player. Yeah. And and I think the problem is he's just doing this because he can't do that, but he can't do anything too stupid that his football buddies are gonna look at him and be like, You're a joke, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> too good. Evil mother for Joe. That's too good. Do you even get that reference? I'm an evil mother for Joe. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to find that and send it to you. Hey, this is Kim Arlen from Ignite Wrestling, and you're listening to Joe and Carl on Turnbuckle Talk. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and as promised, we have got another interview in our Turnbuckle Talk interview series Mm -hmm. coming at you right now. Who do we have with us today? Well, we have another member of the Roar Network here, owner and promoter of Ignite Wrestling, Kim Artlip. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, as usual, we like to get the uh, the quote unquote easy question out of the way first, and of course, that's always never really an easy one. What got you into this crazy world that we call professional wrestling? Uh, polite answer or, or honest answer? Whatever you feel is the right is the right answer. Okay, um, I I really am a longtime wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and a few years ago, I was running another business, and we were covering a pro wrestling show locally. Yep. And it was probably one of the worst run shows I've seen in a long time. And I turned to my husband and said, I can do better. So I spent a year getting ready to become a promoter and talking to people like Lindsay Dorado and um, just decided I was going to do it. And so I I went for it. And it was three years this past week. Since our first show. Three years. Now, when you first started watching, who was it that caught your attention and got you really kind of hooked? Oh, I'm, I'm a Stan Hansen fan. Stan Hansen. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, I mean, that's amazing. You're going on through into your third year now, correct? Yeah. In our third okay. year, uh, 
got a show coming up February 16th, and uh, you just actually interviewed one of the guys from my show uh, that's going to be on it, Wolf Taylor. Very nice. Wolf was an amazing guy to have on here. He is probably one of the most respectful and humble guys that I have ever had the pleasure of talking to in an interview. Um, Yeah, when you see him, give him our best again, because, yeah, that guy is a staple, and I will interview that guy any day. Oh, he's he's a sweetheart. The funny part is, uh, he and I were actually talking. Um, He's done one other show for us, and he says... Um, you don't remember me, but I've worked for you. And I honestly didn't remember him. He was actually in my first show three years ago in a battle royal scramble. And we just had a carload of students that showed up that were in this you know, 20-man battle royal. He was one of the 20 guys. And I, honest to God, did not realize who he was until wow. he pointed that out today. Well, it was really interesting with Wolf for me, too. You know, when you start reaching out to these people and, you know, you see pictures and you watch matches and you kind of see, you know, this persona and what they're kind of portraying. And then when you you get to talk to the actual person, you know, with us here on the last episode, Turnbuckle Talk, you know, it's a you you have that kind of expectation going into it. And, you know, just uh, the guy came out, he's just a total gentleman. And, you know, the future is very bright for him. So uh, we're looking forward to, and, you know, even talking to him, you know, outside of uh, being on air and actually recording, you know, he he wants to be on here all the time now. So, you know, that's that's good stuff there. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick in his his, uh, wrestling gimmick. (laughs) But in real life, he's like, Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Do you want me to carry this? Anything you want, ma'am? Miss yeah. Kim, Miss Kim. And it's just so funny because it's such a total 180 to, to what he is uh, in the ring. He really is such a sweetheart. So now you've gone through it. You've mentioned that, that Wolf Taylor, uh, previous uh, guest on our show, will be there for you. Are there any other notable names that you've been able to acquire for your shows? Um. For this show coming up, uh, Fred Yehi, uh, the man of a thousand counters, will be taking on our champion, Aaron Epic. Um, we've got uh, two really good girls. I want you to keep your eyes on these girls, Skylar Moore and Kylan King. Uh, they're coming out of Team 3D Academy. They were trained by John Cruz. Okay. And they, I'm telling you, they're going to end up in the WWE someday. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you'll definitely have to over messenger or something. Send me those names again, or send me their socials, and I will make sure that all of the Turnbuckle Talk social follows them and and leads up and continues to watch their careers as they go through. And hopefully, maybe one day we can have one of them as a guest on our show. That would be cool too. Oh yeah, they're they're really good. They're already traveling. They're about a year, just over a little, about a year into their careers. And you know, they're at the same point that Lacey Lane was when she got her WWE tryout. Same trainer. Okay. I mean, I, I I can see these girls going on. I really can. Nice. So you had mentioned you know before you started with Ignite Wrestling that you're watching a show that you know wasn't necessarily being done you know the proper way or you you felt it was uh, you know not going good. You now with you being you know, I don't know too many women wrestling promoters out there. Is your approach to the whole process and everything, do you, th- do you feel it's different? I approach it as a business. Most of the guys that are in it are, most, most promoters are, or wrestlers are former wrestlers. So they're coming at it from a wrestling standpoint. I'm coming from it as I need multiple streams of income. How can I get exposure? Um, you know, it's not a, 
it, it's a totally different approach. And in the beginning, a lot of people didn't understand it. And they're just like, well, you know, this is not the way you do it. Well, I'm still here three years later, and most of them are gone. Well, that definitely is a huge testament to just a, a, a business-sided look at going about owning and promoting a wrestling company. Because it's hard. I 100% I know how hard it is. I tried to run one here years ago, and it unfortunately it failed because I, I didn't go about it the proper ways. Uh, thankfully, I've learned and I've grown. And maybe one day, if I can get my hands on a wrestling ring again, I might try to start up again. But I know how difficult it is. I mean, that's just a true testament to you and your abilities now going forward and continuing on with Ignite Wrestling. That's amazing. Well, you know, one of, one of the things, you know, that, that, that that's kind of been a little different is, and I, a lot of people didn't understand, I was taking the belt and going to the Chamber of Commerce. I was going to networking events. I was going to, to uh, business, ribbon-cutting ceremonies, anywhere I could go that I could have a belt on my shoulder and a nightshirt on, I was there. And the guys don't understand that. They think you put a couple posters up, you post it on Facebook, you share it to your friends, and people show up. It doesn't work like that anymore. Uh, not everybody's on Facebook, and no. social media is so oversaturated that people don't see half of what you post, or even a tenth of what you post. So yeah. you, you know, I, you have to get boots on the ground. It's it's back to the old days where you're you're walking out and handing out flyers individually to people. Yeah, I can That's even. Exactly uh, I can, I can definitely speak to, to that even with us as a podcast. I mean, uh, over here, I, I still have half a, a box full of business cards. And I mean, like everywhere I go out, you know, I every opportunity I get, you know, you know, here you go. Or I put them up even probably even, I put them up in places where maybe I'm not even supposed to. Uh, don't broadcast that to everybody. My husband yelled at me one time. I am so bad. I've been in the emergency room <laughs> and handing oh, no. out the little oh, no. postcards to the ER staff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, really? And I was like, put them on the tables, put them in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to do it, especially in somewhere like a hospital, right? Like, I've left business cards in the hospital, and I had somebody message me and go, I found this at, at you know, at uh, X-Ray in the hospital. And I'm like, sweet, awesome. Thanks for, <laughs> you know, stopping by and giving us a message, right? Right there, it was a solidification that just that little thing that, that I did outside of the technology world is actually working again and just as you said right it's going back to the roots going back to old school putting boots to the ground that's what's going to make it and you have shown that that's awesome yeah i mean people talk about having street crews and you'll hear them say da 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 street crew but most of the time i rarely see a poster for events um and well, the guy that used to do it, and I'm not trying to be critical of him, he he did a show, and I actually did ha- try to help his company out. And I did his social media for two months or three. I did his sound. I did his gr- uh, I did um, uh, his stuff. So he did a show here in my town, and I went down to pick up posters, and he handed me an envelope. And in the and I thought, oh great, I have posters. He gave me three posters. That was it. Wow. How are you going to go to a town of 50,000 people, <laughs> or a county with 50,000 people <clears throat> plus, with three posters? You know, where yeah. was I supposed to put those three? 
Go to your office, Max, and spend right. the $10 to get a 1000 of these made. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have places I go uh, and, and I get them done in bulk. But, you know, it, it's you see all these promoters and I, that, that complain, you know, that India's dead and people don't want to come out. Well, you know, it's 78 cents to make a poster mm-hmm. at the UPS store. Go make a poster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think even up here in Canada, it's probably relatively cheap. You know, to print out uh, a handful of posters and, uh, or you know, even more than a handful and get them out there. But uh, yeah, three is definitely not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah. All three posters. <laughs> wow. So now you've you've gone through. You were starting out three years ago. You're green in the business, as we say. Um, did you have anybody that you could really lean on? whether it be uh, a, a, another promoter or whether it be, you know, a worker or somebody like that that helped you out really build the brand and get it started off the ground? Um, Lindsay Dorado, you know, from yeah. the WWE. Uh, Aaron Epic, um, who's trained a lot of, lot of, a lot of the guys from uh, Team Vision Dojo. And, uh, I mean, they, they were great. And John Cruz... Um, I mean, between them, uh, when I was going to do this, I actually went to, to Lindsay's house and sat down and told Lindsay everything I was going to do, and he told me everything that was wrong with that. And, you know, and I was like, okay, scrap this, start over. And, a lot, and you know, I really did listen to what he said. Um, we did our, our first show, Teddy Long showed up yeah. with, a, with one of the wrestlers. And Teddy Long and I became friends, and he gave me a lot of advice. Uh, you know, uh, basically don't listen to anybody and listen to what your gut tells you. Okay. And, you know, and that, and let's have a tag match play us. Yes. <laughs> Um, for, for those who aren't aware, uh, if you go back in our library of uh, episodes, we actually re-aired our, uh, our episode, our interview with uh, Mr. Teddy Long. And my personal experience dealing you know, with Teddy was very cool because I got to reach out to him over the phone. And when you, when you call Teddy, uh, for those of you who have, haven't had the pleasure, Kim's already uh, laughing like she knows what's going to happen here. You call, and Teddy doesn't answer right away. He has some built-in voicemail thing that goes, you've reached Teddy Long Enterprises. We'll be right with you, play and then literally less than five seconds later, Teddy answers the phone. He goes, what can I do for you, player? Teddy Long is not a character. Teddy Long is just Teddy Long. He, there's no gimmick there. He is just, he is the living embodiment of that character. And that's who he is. Oh, yeah. He's a trip. I mean, we brought him back. I mean, he's an absolute trip. And he stood there and he, he came to our second show. He asked for some popcorn. He stood there with a bag of popcorn. And he worked that entire locker room and talked to every single wrestler, critiqued their match, gave them advice, asked them questions. I mean, he just was one-on-one with everybody. Mm-hmm. From the janitor to the staff, everybody in that building got Teddy Long. Yeah. Well, speaking... Oh yeah, go ahead, Joe. Speaking, uh, speaking of, uh, well, we'll get into this one. Speaking of WWE and critiquing it, you know, two things that aren't always, always mutually exclusive there. But Kim, what's your your take on uh, on how WWE is these days? Because we, we we've talked a lot about it here, and we we tend to be kind of critical. But I'm curious of what you're taking of it as, as as a promoter. I wish that they would get some decent writers and stop trying to play. I mean, they're going back to the same old storylines, and 
you know, you know, nothing's working. We pushed the wrong guy. Let's show some boobs, you know, and that's, <laughs> you know, we'll sex it up because we don't know what we're doing and it's ridiculous. And it's just, it's, you know, it's just, I just think some of their storylines are insulting and they got so many talented guys and girls on that roster that are so buried. If they mm. would let them come out and actually wrestle and stop all just the crap, because we don't do storylines hardly. You yeah. Know, it's wrestling. Let them wrestle. And God forbid the actual entertainment to uh, be the actual wrestling in the ring, right? Because it feels like they, yeah. they've, they've lo- completely lost touch with that. I mean, I understand having fun, and, you know, like Lynn saying in the Lucha House Party. Yeah. I understand the fun part, but. I think a lot of what they're doing with Leo Rush is ridiculous. Yes. And uh, he's going to end up, everybody's going to hate him. He's going to end up being another Simon Gotch that nobody can stand because yep. his ego is going to get away with him. And he'll be gone from the WWE and, and nobody will like him back on the indies. Now, you've, you've really kind of piqued my interest here with something that you said. Ignite Wrestling doesn't do storyline? Not really, no. That's... Not so much. <laughs> we do a very little storyline because we're not a we're not a monthly show. We started out monthly, then we went bi monthly. Now we run like every three four months now. Okay. So being that far apart, we can't carry a storyline because you know people wander off the reservation by then. But um, you know, and we built a really cool storyline. And it, we spent a year building this storyline. Um, Alex Cruz and, and Aaron Epic. And, you know, we had a tournament, interference, Epic wins the belt. We come back a year later, have a tournament. Alex Cruz pins Aaron Epic, ends up winning because there was nobody there to interfere. And we had everything ready for the title match. And we got the posters all ready. And Alex is like, oh, by the way, I'm in another company in a storyline that I can't make it. Okay, we'll just switch it to the next show. Well, my company's running that time, and I'm like, this is why I don't do storylines. <laughs> we spent okay, a year no. building this, and you can't be here for two shows in a row. That's super understandable then. I mean, lots of the other companies that I have uh, done work for or have followed and stuff like that, they're, they're, they're heavy, storyline heavy, because they want to try to keep something continuously going whether it's uh you know a month between shows or three months between shows they'll do stuff on social media just to keep a storyline going and it's yeah it's interesting that your approach to it with no storyline i mean that comes back to the classic what do do you want you want to see professional wrestling and that's what you're giving them well you have to understand where i'm at um vero beach hadn't had pro wrestling here in 30 years or more there's been no wrestling in this area. It mm-hmm. was a little further down south. So I have a pretty much doobie crowd. They don't okay. really know who a lot of the guys are. They can figure out who are the good guys and the bad guys. But, you know, we keep stuff going. But, but we post every day on social media. We're not like a lot of companies that only post when there's a show and then it goes dead for a month. Yeah. Um, we have at least, uh, I'd say, two posts that go out a day. Because we're talking about merch, we're talking about trading cards, we're talking about the wrestling show, we're doing, you know, throwbacks and you know, classic wrestlers and classic matches. So I mean, we're we're we always have something going. I say we, it's me. 
Sorry. Force a habit. I say we. It sounds like there's like 20 people here. Yeah, it's me. If you want to talk in third person, that's perfectly fine with me. I always talk. I always say we, and people always go, you have employees? (laughs) Yeah. Me, myself, and I. And But there's always something on social media, and I'm always sharing something and, you know, adding something, you know, keep it going. Because the person, I'll tell you the person that told me that to never let my social media go dead is Phil Stamper, uh, the president of Pro Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) And Phil, Phil's a genius at social media. I mean, he's involved with Pro Wrestling Revolver, MCW, all these companies. And he was like, if you're not posting twice a day, why are you having a company? You have to post at least twice a day because people don't have the attention spans to oh, stick yeah. with you. Yeah, we've we've uh, started to notice that as well. That is something that uh, I run the social media for those who, you know, a little bit of backstage. We're, you know, breaking kayfabe here. I do the social media for the majority of the uh, Turbuckle Talk uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. And it's it's difficult sometimes between work, between family, between wrestling, between watching everything so that we can continue with a podcast. Yeah. It's hard to get that social media done, but that's uh, that's a resolution for 2019 for Turnbuckle Talk anyways no, it, to yeah, sure. post more. It's called socialpilot.co. Auto schedule, baby. Auto Ooh, schedule. Okay. You, you have standard stuff. And, and I've told wrestlers this: if you have a, if you have a page, do your classic matches, do your stuff, auto schedule it, and you can you can schedule out six months a year in advance. Put all your stuff out there because nobody has time to keep going in and doing everything live. Yeah. After a while, it becomes a burden. Then you just don't want to do it. And then you just stop. Yeah. No, it's very true. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So earlier, we, of course, we had had mentioned Wolf Taylor, who we had on our last episode here. And we asked him the question of the strangest thing that he had seen happening at a show. And um, he had mentioned that some talent, it was a tag team that was working the show, ended up actually getting arrested. U.S. Marshals showed up and arrested the guys. You know, uh, seemed, I think it was shortly before they had to go out to the ring. Uh, what's the uh, most bizarre or the strangest thing that's happened at a show that you've been running? Um, God, um... That's a good question. Um, we randomly had somebody show up dressed as a T-Rex at our last show. And my husband comes in the back and goes, oh, my God, you got to see what happened. And I my, I was, like, hurt and, and on a cane, and I took off, like, running with my cane in my hand to go out. And there was a T-Rex standing there, just standing there <laughs> waving at people. I have no idea why. But there was just a random T-Rex. So just somebody, wow. somebody in the crowd. Somebody, some kid showed up dressed as a T-Rex wow. and worked the crowd. That's crazy. <laughs> right? I, it, it, it just, it, I don't know why. They were there. They came in. They waved a high five, walked back out the door and left. We have no idea who or who they were or why they were there. But So they didn't even stay for the show. They just ran in, <laughs> just ran did some high fives, left. I left. Yeah. Oh. They didn't stick around. That's hilarious. They just showed up, high five. And it was funny because out comes my female champion. And the look on her face, she looks over and she has this what the hell look on her face. <laughs> and she just keeps on doing her entrance. And she looks over at me and goes, What the hell is our T Rex here for? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. You should have played that up and been like, gimmick change coming soon. <laughs> yeah. 
no clue. No clue what that was all about. But no, I, I mean, I, I've seen. Yeah, that's probably the. You know, I've never had anything like super weird happen. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that just that random T Rex because it's like everybody in the building turned and was looking at the T-Rex and here's this poor girl trying to make her entrance. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Well, one topic that's been a pretty hot topic, you know, not just with our podcast here, but uh, the road network and a lot of internet uh, wrestling sites and all over Facebook. And of course is all elite wrestling. And I'm sure you've been uh, obviously paying attention to what's been going on with that, but what's your, your whole take on what's been going on with that? Um, I would like to be them only for their merchandise sales. Hmm. If I could, if I could never even do a show and put two, two or three items of merchandise and make thousands of dollars, man, I would be, I would right. be set. Cause, and I was complaining to Ryan about this, uh, from <laughs> the gorilla position. Um, I really, I really am just so jealous because I'm like, come buy our shirts, come buy our hats. And people are like, Oh, I don't know. They're kind of expensive. Oh, AEW has got a shirt out. That's, you know, 40 bucks. Oh, let me go buy it. And they haven't even run a show yet. <laughs> They haven't even ran a show yet, and they're, they're racking up the merch sales. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're racking up the merch sales, and I'm like, come over here and buy our shirts. But, you know. No, I think I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's exactly what what the indies need. Um, I mean, all in all in was perfect because it really um, motivated and fired up a lot of people. And it yep. brought out every wannabe promoter out there. That was funny because I know like 12 guys are now starting companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all, we're going to do a show. But, you know, it's anything anything that brings a focus off of the WWE, it can be a, a wonderful thing. I mean, they're not the end-all, be-all of wrestling. No. I mean, there is I, – I, I have heard of something called Impact in, in Ring of Honor mm-hmm. and New Japan. Yeah, Absolutely. And even as as you you can see, Kim, Canadian wrestling's elite. The, Joe's wearing the shirt right there. Yep. Right. MLW, they're out there as well. I mean, so yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right, and I I fully agree with what you're saying there. Anything to take the spotlight off of the WWE, even just a little bit, for people to see that out there there is more than just what you're seeing on television, on Sportsnet or the USA Network in the U.S., there's a lot more that's out there, and nine times out of ten, a lot better too. Well, you guys, you don't see a lot of, and I get their emails. The Lucha guys in Toronto. I mean, there's some amazing wrestlers, and I have guys that work for me, like Serpentico, that hop in a plane and go to go to Canada. They go up to Canada, and Gymnasty Boys just went to Canada. Uh, yeah, I mean, all these people are going to Canada, which, I, you know, God knows they've gave us enough great wrestlers out of Canada. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of nice. Uh, I feel like we're finally getting, it's like getting steak after being fed a bland diet for a while. You know, we've been we've been force-fed the WWE so long on Raw and SmackDown that we're actually going to see matches that we're excited about. Yeah, we definitely are. And slowly, thankfully... Impact is starting to make a, a turnaround. Um, hopefully, they can get themselves onto a 
larger network and get yeah. themselves a little bit more exposure. But the stuff that they're doing over there has been phenomenal as of late. Ring of Honor has always just been a constant, and they continue to strive, even in the complacency that it seems as though they've fallen into. They still strive, which is amazing. And I mean, being somebody who has worked the indies before, and I... I'm sorry. I hate calling it the indies. I know. I like a little bit more professionalism in it. I like calling it the independence. Yes. I know that's just me though. Everyone's got their own thing. Yep. But from somebody who's worked in the independent scene before, I am so happy that all of this is now coming to light and, and more people are getting a vested interest into seeing independent professional wrestling companies Make a name for themselves and give them what they're what they've been looking for for a long time now, and that's professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah I I think that um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they end up. The only thing I wonder about is you know you mentioned Impact is how much Sanjay Dutt's departure is going to affect them as their because he was their creative director. And Abyss. And Abyss. Yeah, well, yeah, as as we mentioned on our on our show before the interview, yeah, definitely there's going to be some some holes that are needed to be filled. Yeah. Although they have already announced who's going to fill those holes, I I agree with them, but I don't know that those names are really going to be able to do what the two of them could. Yeah, yeah, I met Sanjay Dutt, uh, you know, uh, briefly a couple years ago. Amazing guy, and I mean, I, I'm I'm happy for him getting the opportunity, but I just don't know if anybody can fill his shoes as a creative director. I mean, the guy was amazing at what he did. For sure. Oh yeah. Now we had mentioned at the the top here that uh, of course you are you know with us at the grillposition.com and part of the Roar Network. Tell us about uh, the article that you do, Woman on Fire. I kind of, it, it was kind of weird because uh, I wasn't looking to be a columnist. Mm-hmm. And um, I had actually seen another promotion mentioned on the Gorilla position. And I reached out to Ryan and, you know, had a conversation with him. And then I ended up talking to Michael. And um, they they were just like, you know, we'd love to have a different take. Because uh, it's basically the same take, guys, 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 talking about wrestling. So they kind of, it's kind of fun. They, they really don't give me any guidelines and they let me write pretty much about anything I want so I don't know what I'm writing until Saturday morning um, on Saturday mornings I write and it comes out on Wednesdays so uh, I mean it, it's been kind of some bizarre topics to be honest but um, the one I just did this past week uh, for Rex Bacchus yeah. uh, who was our wrestler that passed away from cancer that was probably the hardest thing I've ever written and um, I, I saw his parents last night. We were at a, a celebration of life. Yeah. And they had actually read it. And um, they were thanking me for it. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fun uh, for me to get to step out from being Miss Kim. Or, or you know, that's what the rest was like to call me. <laughs> it's nice to not be the promoter for a while and actually get to step out and show that I do a lot of other things than just uh, pay the talent. <laughs> And that's good because, I mean, unfortunately, the world of pro wrestling has always been a male-dominated type of approach and look at things. And I know, like, I'm I'm happy that there is somebody like you who's able to come out there and start a promotion, be successful, 
as well as write an article and give a different take on things because it is, it's honestly a world of difference. I mean, it's, it's weird how that there, there is a, you know, a, a great difference between a woman's perspective and a guy's perspective or even a guy's perspective and a kid's perspective. And, you know, like all these different perspectives that are out there. And it seems to be that women have a different side than, than men usually do. And it's awesome that you're out there putting out that or we know that you're busy. We know that you're a busy person, you know, running your shows, doing, you've got a household as well. You're doing everything you can. Plus you put out this article and we're, I mean, at least I am. I'm happy that you do it. It gives me something when I'm at work to sit there and yep. read through as well. And then, uh, yeah, like gives me a whole different perspective on things. Yeah, I I didn't get a lot of, I didn't make a lot of friends. I wrote one about uh, egomaniac promoters. <laughs> yeah, that one was probably not one that endeared me. But um, at some point I'll tell the story <laughs> down the road about that one, but, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's been fun getting to actually, you know, I, I, I like getting to show people that I do a lot of different things and I wear different hats. So I think probably a good question, I think, to kind of, uh, to sort of wrap things up here, guys, uh, uh, Carl and uh, Kim here, uh, what's the overall, what's the big picture goal for Ignite Wrestling going forward? Oh, we're taking over the world, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're actually, uh, our, our goal for 2019 is uh, we're going to establish ourselves more into streaming media. I mean, we're, we have a lot of stuff that we're members of that we haven't really utilized. And uh, we'll be coming out on back onto Roku shortly and Amazon Fire Stick. So, um, and a few other platforms. So, people are going to see a lot of us. We're going to repackage our stuff, and we've got some really good shows coming up. And it's going to be fun. Awesome. So, I think a, a good way to end off the interview here is, speaking of platforms, you have an open platform here, Kim, to promote, plug, say whatever you want to say. Um. Okay. I just want to thank everybody that takes the time to read The Gorilla Position and Woman on Fire, but definitely check us out on IgniteWrestling.com. Follow us on social media. Everything is at Ignite Wrestling. And uh, if you're in Florida or you'd like to come to Florida and get out of the cold, <laughs> February 16th, Walking Tree Brewery, Vero Beach, Florida, noon show. Get there and have some fun. And maybe we'll have another T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. There you guys have it, our interview with Miss Kim, as the workers like to call her. So that's what we're calling her from now on, too. Yep. She is now known as Miss Kim. That is what we'll go with. She joined us on another episode of our interview series here with Turnbuckle Talk. Kim, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to us being able to have you on again and talk with you some more and hopefully some big things happen that you are like okay guys this just happened and i need to get this out there right now and you get a hold of us and we can talk some more because this has been an absolute delight i appreciate it and i would always uh like getting to be on podcasts and and have a little fun i kind of miss doing uh talk radio and podcasts awesome. that's what we love that's so that's what we do it 
All right, Carl. Well, let's wrap it up for this week. But let's hear from our sponsors. Definitely. We have our sponsors at HypeCityVapors.com. Go and check them out for some amazing flavored e-juice for your vape. Go and check out HypeCityVapors.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST for 15% off your entire order. As well, today I am wearing, as usual, my collar and elbow hat. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com or check out our social media links at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There is a link to collarandelbowbrand.com available there for you. If you go and click on one of those, I will know that someone has gone there to let me know that you guys are going and seeing the amazing products that they have over there. So no matter if you click on the link from our social media page or you just go straight to collarandelbowbrand.com, use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get 10% off your entire order. And of course, to listen to the podcast, you can find us at our original home at podbean.com and, of course, on Google Play Music and their podcast app. Also, for you iTunes user out there, you can find us there as well. And the majority of those podcasters out there were on those platforms as well. And, of course, powered by the com and part of the Roar Network, where you can also find... Hitting the marks. You can find Signature Spot with Chris Toplack. You can find Kim Arlip with the On Woman on Fire article. You can find Jim Phillips. You can find Power of the Pin with our very own Ryan Bowman. It goes on and on. There's a ton of content over the website. If you haven't gone there yet, I feel sorry for you. Go to thegrillposition.com and check it out. And that about wraps up for this week. We'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao. I'm a stats man. Well, because the problem is when you cater to that audience, what you do is you turn everybody else off who's not a part of that audience. And that's why ratings are down 23% from two years ago. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens when Monday Night Football is over and the rating doesn't really change. Because it doesn't seem, regardless of how many people are watching Monday Night Football, the Raw rating is not changing whatsoever. It's not like you've got a bad game and the Raw rating goes up or you've got a really good game and the rating goes down and it levels out next week. That's not been the case whatsoever. They've lost 750,000 viewers this this year. I mean, you when you want to talk about comparing to yourself, that's what I'm looking at. Look at the 10-week trend. Look at the three-month trend. Look at the year-long trend. You're losing viewers left and right. Tired of mainstream media lies and deception? Need a hard dose of reality? Put on your sunglasses, swallow that red pill, and tune into London Rising, your epic mix of music, news, and freedom. Tune in weekly with me, your host, Gunstar Hero out of London, Ontario, Canada, as I mix up breaking news, hard-hitting commentary, trigger warnings galore, and eclectic epic slate of unforgettable music tracks, including metal, punk, classic rock, country, and even some hip-hop in for good measure, only on the Podbean Network.
Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. For Hi, Kim. Too. <laughs> For whatever reason, you are sideways. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's going. <laughs> You're not getting that cold like everybody else around here, are you? Uh, a little bit. Oh, God. And then you're blowing my nose. Oh, damn it. Everybody's getting sick. Before you guys call me, I'm like in here like. <coughs> I just did that, too. I just did that. I was just blowing my nose. Oh, man. Man, I feel like I'm getting something, too. But, uh. Check out Hype City Vapor. No. Hey, we can. we Through the magic of editing, we can make this work. This is only the first time that you messed that up. So, uh, you get a pass for me, sir. I was going to mention about the buy one, get one free, yep. but it ends on Tuesday. Yeah, it ends on Tuesday. But if you need to feel better, you can always go look at that Sable poster and maybe uh, it uh, <laughs> make you feel a little bit better, or at least distract you from uh, feeling bad. Yeah, I, I'm angry that I, I left before Burger King happened there, because <laughs> we don't have one here, right? So. Oh. Yeah.